We are so excited that this latest message from Truth Movement Church can meet you where you are today. This message from TMC will help you to apply the truth of God's word to your everyday life. It's practical and powerful. Enjoy his word. A little bit of praise you sit down. Amen. Good morning. Y'all sound good today. I gave a strong good morning, Jordan. That was all right. So we are, um, this is the first week that we've been able to teach together. Um, She's been running from me, y'all. You're going to be one to teach with me. (laughs) Um, We are in week six of our um, Kings and Queens series. Has this series blessed anybody? So good. good. Um, So quite like the weeks past, um, this I guess the next few series sermons. Well, let's do some housekeeping first. So next week is Lit Sunday. Let's give a hand for Lit Sunday. <laughs> Lit Sunday is gonna be dope. It's gonna be good. Um, and 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 respect for that. Um, we're gonna shift our, our I guess our teaching schedule for that specifically. So um, for the past couple weeks, we've been um, speaking to gender specific, right? Y'all were doing good at first. Y'all were there. You were there. It happened. Um, And now we're getting ready to transition into marriage. That's very specific. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to do a few weeks on that, but we're going to start it this week. We're going to jump to another subject next week, and then we'll come back to it the following week. Okay? So if you're sitting here and you're saying, well, Pastor Wanzo, I'm not married. I'm single. This is going to do you some good. Yes. Yes. It's going to do you some real, somebody shout real good. Real good. This is going to do you some real good. And if you're sitting here and you're saying, well, Pastor Wanza, I don't think I'm ever going to get married. And that's fine, too. But guess what it does for you? You now become the all-knowing friend that you can preach to your, your friends that are married and say, you know what I heard? You've got that information to be a good friend and to help them through anything that they're dealing with their marriage. We think this is going to be an awesome time together. And not only that, you can still, it's still applicable to you because if you are a woman, if you are a man, even sure. though you're not together in relationship in spouse, you can still benefit from the information that applies to a woman and the information that applies to a man. Don't decide to turn your ears off because you don't have a ring. Or you don't want one. You don't have to want one. Okay. Now, I don't know why you wouldn't want one, but that's <laughs> what it is. Okay, um, so let's turn to the book of Genesis. We're going to jump, we're going to deal with two verses in the book of Genesis, or two passages of Scripture in the book of Genesis, the New King James Version. Genesis chapter 2 at verse 21 is what would be first. And then go ahead and write down, so Genesis chapter 20, Genesis 2 verse 21 is where we'll start. And then Genesis 1, 27, we'll finish up down there. That sounds a little weird, but it is what it is. <coughs> Are you there? Oh, you want to hear it again? You should have saw him over here, like, silently giving me the signal. Like, say it. <laughs> Genesis 2, 21, New King James Version. And Genesis 1 and 27. We'll be at Genesis 2, 21 first. Just sit there for a second and we'll get there. Shout amen when you get it. Andrew, you got it? 
Okay. <laughs> All right. So we're going to call this today, um, and uh, get, what are we going to do? We're going to call this um, TMC Marriage University. Let's go with that. I like it. Yeah. I like it. And this is, this is going to be um, intro to marriage. All right? Everybody said an intro to marriage. Intro to marriage. Now, here's the funny thing. I've all of, I mean, some of who's been to college, take college courses. Um, you would think that the intro courses are easy. No, yeah. I walked away from psychology because of the intro course. Yeah. <laughs> I'm changing my major, ma'am. I'll be back yeah. <laughs> tomorrow. Um, so this is the intro to marriage. This isn't, this isn't marriage 101 or 102. This is the intro. intro. I'm going to shout the intro. Intro. We spent the past um, five weeks developing these two pieces, the king and the queen, um, independent of each other, to showcase their intrinsic value, their functional worth. In a game of chess, that will be considered their material value. If you don't know it or not, every piece on the chessboard is worth points. There's a they call it material. This is a piece of material on the chessboard. The reason why we spent so much time developing these pieces independent of each other uh, was because it is proven, <coughs> or history has proven to us, mankind history has proven to us, that if we don't understand and appreciate the value of a thing, mm -hmm. we will mishandle it and we will destroy it, and oftentimes we will seek to oppress it. Mm -hmm. Just think about some of the 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 race issues we've had in the world as it relates to slavery and different things of that nature, um, oppression took place because I don't understand that culture. And when you think about our relationship between, the relationship between the queen and the king, it will be easy for us to oppress the things in them that we don't understand. Right. Amen. <laughs> if a king doesn't understand that the power and the range that Pastor Tina talked so wonderfully about that is within the queen is actually a benefit to me and she's not threatening me, he will always make an effort to suppress her power. If he doesn't understand that her, her power, her range, her flexibility is an actual benefit to him, he will always feel like she's threatening his authority. If, if, if I don't understand as, or she doesn't understand as the queen that the authority that God has actually given me as, as, as the man is an actual virtue, then, then she will always feel like I'm pressing and I'm pushing her and I'm leading her and I'm pulling her in a fashion that she doesn't want to be led. So what will happen is that she'll end up putting her power on the shelf and I'll always be upset because I feel like she's trying to impede upon my authority. And if you think about that dynamic, it happens so often. You don't have to say amen because your spouse is sitting next to you. But it happens so often. Marriages fall apart because I don't understand the intrinsic value of her. Marriages fall apart because she doesn't understand the intrinsic value of me, the worth, the, 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 the value that I bring to this relationship. It is extremely important and powerful. And here's the thing. If the king and the queen does not understand that dynamic, then we will not allow the blessings that God placed upon marriage to flow through and be in our life. It's extremely important to understand her worth. 
it is extremely important for her to understand his worth and everything that I bring to the table. Yes. We quickly shut things down that we don't understand. We, check this out. We will oppress things that we don't understand in the people that we love. Even if it's a good thing. I was thinking about Kennedy specifically, when, and Jordan always says that Kennedy gets away with a lot that he didn't, they weren't able to get away with. And specifically, it is the things that she says. Like, she, Kennedy will have a response to what I say. And it's like, he'll look at me like, yo, I didn't get away with that. Like, she going to get away with that? I couldn't say that. But here's the thing. Because she is a black woman, she has to have a voice. And if I oppress that voice, then she will learn and be taught that it is okay for her voice to be oppressed, not in this house. I have to make sure that I water those things, even though I don't understand them. Check this out. The house that I grew up in, you bet not say. I love what my father-in-law said and my mother-in-law says, as long as you be respectful, you can say whatever you want to say. As long as you're respectful, even if you don't agree with me, you can say it as long as you stay respectful. And I'll put it to you like this, and I'm going to go old school on y'all. As long as you stay in the kids, you can say whatever you want to say. Have at it. I want us, and, 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 and if, you, if, if, if you're married and, and you're, you're about to be married or you're courting someone to be married, I want you to understand that it is in our nature, check this out, our sinful nature to oppress those things that we don't understand. Mm-hmm. We'll oppress it in our children. We'll oppress it in our spouse. It's been oppressed. Listen to me. Some of us have come out of houses that it's been oppressed in us. Mm-hmm. Think about the person you could be if your father had never shut you down. Think about the man that you could be if you were allowed to articulate yourself. You know, what I'm learning, and I'm, this is not on our, our, on our, on our deal, and she's, she's going to give me this eye in a second. But I think about all of the conversations that I should have had when I was a child that I wasn't prepared. To be, I think about these conversations that I should have had as a child that would have helped prepare me as a man. Because here's the thing. Just because I don't agree with you doesn't mean that we got to fight. Just because we have a disagreement, oh, man, y'all, this is, this is so good. I promise I'm going to stop, babe. Um, I, I remember this was years ago. Kennedy had to have, the boys were in high school, so Kennedy had to have been all of six. Maybe. Maybe. She might have been younger than that, but she was sitting in the middle seat in the back seat, and I was driving, and we were on our way to a Popka High School to drop one of them off, and we were having a disagreement. We weren't yelling, but you could feel that she wasn't going along with what I wanted her to go along with. Oh. And Kennedy sat there for a bit, and she says, um, just out of the blue, we got done, and everything was fine. We had our disagreement, and then we moved on to the next thing, and everything was okay. And Kennedy says from the back seat, I love how y'all pop back and be friends with each other. <laughs> the girl was all five years old. She was six years old or something like that. But here, check this out. She learned that I got a voice and I don't have to fight for it. I can talk. I can speak. We can die. We can have a, a, a disagreement and we can have a, a conversation about things that we don't agree with. And that doesn't mean that you're wrong or I'm wrong. I'm just talking. Right, right. So when we get into marriages, here's it go. Here we go. When we get into marriages and my wife doesn't agree with me, now she's fighting with me. Yeah. 
We got to have a knockdown drag out because all she did was articulate herself. Oh, gosh, y'all. Do you understand what I'm saying? It is the, um, I was listening when, he, when you were saying that, appreciating the value between what he brings and what I bring and us having an understanding and appreciation of his authority and my power, having the understanding and merging. And I think that it is the lack of understanding that makes submission a cuss word in the hearts of women. <laughs> you know, that's one of the things that say you get married and you have to be submissive. And it almost feels like you tried me when you tell me that. Or it seems like, oh, I got to be small. Or, mm. you know, I got you know, to play down to him. And it's when that understanding, when that misunderstanding of authority and power don't blend right, that it brings that gray spot into your household. Because if I don't feel like my power is appreciated, that what I bring to the table, that my range is not valuable to you, then it makes submitting hard. Submitting is a struggle. And any time that you have forced submission, that's abusive. Mm. Yeah. Nobody wants to be in a submission hole in their relationship. Nope, I don't want to have to follow your lead because God says I have to follow your lead. I want to be able to trust you to lead. I want to be able to trust your authority. I want to be able to rely on the king that you are, not because I'm forced to and not because you demand it, but because it comes with that natural blend of power and authority. Now, let me be clear. Let me make sure I'm being clear, ladies, because I would be a reckless pastor to not say the whole thing. Let me be clarity. It is my God-given power in this connection that is to be accepted, appreciated, and respected. Mm. Well, remember a couple weeks back, we talked about the wrong power. You could be plugged into wrong power. If I bring the wrong power into my household, I mess something up. I can't expect him to honor that. So if I bring that familiar bossy spirit that ran through every woman in my spirit. house and ruined every marriage in my family into my relationship and expect him to accept that, it's wrong power. Or if I have no prayer life at all and no connection and acceptance of the instruction of God, but I want him to honor my good ideas over his God-given instruction, that's, that's wrong power. Or if I'm moved by every emotion that I have and that's how I operate my long-range power by whatever it is mm. that I feel like that day, but I expect him to be able to trust it, that's wrong power. But if you're going to be a queen that stays connected and moves by the power and the anointing of God, then when you bring that thing together with this authority, it's a perfect, perfect blend. I think it's important, too, to make sure, to, to piggyback on that, it's important to make sure that we men are walking in true authority. When, when you think about the word submission, and you, you did a good job with that, babe. It's like you feel like because we, the word submission always means a weak, weaker, right? You think about wrestling. You put people in a submission hold. You think about I'm losing because I submit. But the way that God structured this thing, we're both submitting. Right. You get that? It's like she, she is not being dominated by, by my control. No, we both submit to God. So here's a good one for you. It, 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 she needs to submit to a man who is submitted. Yes. Yes. 
She needs to submit to a man who is submitted, submitted to the will of God, submitted to the ways of God, submitted to the mind of God, submitted to prayer, submitted to giving, to, submitted to fasting, su- submitted to living a life that is pleasing unto God. Because here's the thing. It is I will be forcing my control if I am not a man under submission. Yes. You don't know what submission is if you're not under submission. I'll hurt her. (laughs) I will hurt her under my own power if I'm trying to make her submit on my own terms. I'm not going to hurt her physically, but I'm going to hurt her spiritually. I'm going to hurt her emotionally because I don't understand what submission is because I am submitted to God. And I know that submission to him means love. I know, I, know, I know submission to him means that he cares for me and that he loves me unconditionally. So when I'm submitted, I know how to make it easy for her to submit to me. But if I'm not submitted, it's going to be a difficult project. Yeah. Because submission doesn't mean control, y'all. I didn't want to get into, I'm not going to get into this, but I'm going to say two words. <laughs> submission makes us think that one is less than the other. And we've spent the past five weeks, y'all, for real, past five weeks to help you understand that these two pieces and and, and the way and the fashion that God created them were equal. But he gave one the office of authority. And he gave one the ability and the function of power. I don't want to give away our sermon, but it's the combination of the two that makes this thing work. Yes? All right. Let's get to Genesis 21, get this first point. We got two points today. So if you came for three points, I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) (laughs) We got two today. Genesis 2, 21. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib, which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman. And he brought her to man. He brought her to man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she has, was taken out of man. I want to go back to verse 23 again. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Our first point for you today is the word Contrast. Write that down, the word contrast. Say that with me, contrast. Contrast. Upon seeing her, we're just going to say her, um, Adam says in response to seeing her for the first time, he says, bone of my bone, Flesh of my flesh, she shall be called woman. Bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, she shall be called woman. In, in other words, what, what Adam says, um, Adam went off into poetry, y'all. If you look at the way the text is written, that's, that's a poem right there. That boy, you know, she, she gave him words to speak when he saw her. But in other words, what Adam was saying, and I want you to hear me on this, he was saying that, I recognize that there are similarities between the two of us. We're cut from the same cloth. We come from the same stuff. Bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. But she shall be called. She shall be called. 
He says, although that we're very similar and I can see that we have some connections, she's different. She's, she, she is a different species. She is not like me. She, she, she has her own voice. She has her own style. She has her own flow. She is independent of me. She is woman. Not that she, now, now if she was similar and she was no different and there was no contrast, he would have just saw another man, but there was a difference. There was a contrast. He says, this is, I, I want you to, to, to understand is that, and this is, oh gosh, y'all, Lord, give me peace while I give this to you because I get too excited. Before Adam saw her as a wife, before she became an amazing mother, he appreciated the woman she was. Before he reaped all of the benefits of her being a wife and her taking care of him and her, and her taking care of the kids, he appreciated and he saw a woman. Behind all that she was doing for him, he could appreciate before she, listen, we don't talk about her being a wife until later. We don't talk about her being a mother until later. What he saw was a pure, raw, uncut woman. And he appreciated the differences. Now, here's the thing. I'm, I'll be very clear on this. It wasn't that he was attracted to the differences necessarily. He appreciated the differences. Mm-hmm. Come on. I don't want you to mistake what I'm saying. I'm sure he was attracted. <laughs> but he appreciated who she was as a woman. Mm-hmm. This is a question for every man in here. If I withdraw or I can mute who she is to you as a wife, who she is to your children as a mother, do you truly appreciate the woman behind it all? Because if you don't, let's go back, because if you don't, her intrinsic value will become a nuance to you. It will become a nuisance to you. It will be a problem because of the differences that she brings to the table. You have to understand that she was bringing a new voice and a new point of view and new thought Mm. all to the table, which he said, this is amazing. I like the way this girl think. I like the way that this girl moves. And he appreciated the woman before she was a wife, before she was a mother. He appreciated the woman and the differences in her. If I were to mute all of the things that you benefit from, Do you appreciate the woman behind it all? Do you see the woman behind it all? She is so much more than Mrs. Underwood. And I don't want her to lose her trying to serve me. Do you appreciate the woman behind it all? Because there is so much that she brings to the table that you have to tap into. Oh, gosh, this is good. Um, um, Eve, if you, if you do a little word study on Eve's name, or her name means the mother of all living things. The mother of all living things. That means that anything that would touch come through a human was going to come through her. Anything that would be birthed would be birthed through her. 
Anything that would be birthed would be birthed through her. That means that outside of having children, she's going to give birth to some other stuff. There's a book in her that she has to birth. There is a business in her that she has to birth. There is a ministry in her that she has to birth. But the reason why she can't birth it is because she still has to be a mother to you. I like all of those qualities. You know, I need somebody to be my cheerleader, and I need somebody to take care of me, and I need somebody to wash my clothes and take care of these children. She's so busy doing all of you that she can't do her. Babe, and I want you to talk on this for a couple seconds, but what tends to happen, and we talk about this quite a bit, what tends to happen is that now she has to recreate herself 10 years down the road because she lost herself in you. Listen to me, y'all. There is something in her. I'm talking to the men. There is something in her. There is something about her that Adam says, I got to make sure that the world knows she is different from me, and I appreciate that. Have you silenced the differences in your wife? Have you silenced the difference of opinion? Have you, have you silenced the different thoughts? Have you, is she okay? We're bringing her thoughts to you. We oppress things that we don't understand. Can she talk to you about what's on her mind? We have women walking around in marriages who feel like they're a slave to who they are. I'm a slave to this wife thing. I'm a slave to this mother thing. And I lost me a long time ago. So now we're 15 years into the marriage and she become a new person. Oh, it got quiet and I know I'm hitting a nerve real good. There is something in her that she is responsible to birth. What is it? Is she so busy tending to the kids and tending to you and being the wife and being the mom that she can't even think about what she has to give birth to on her own? Check this out. When I understand the woman in her, she'll birth things in me. Oh, I'll prove it to you. I remember over seven years ago, we was, I was laying across the bed. I was in Miami. We had gone there for, uh, I had gone to work, and they, Kennedy and, and, and Tina were down there on vacation with me, right? Don't tell the people I worked for at the time there was a woman, but it is okay. Um, I was laying across the bed. It was a, I believe it was a Sunday night. And out of nowhere, she says, you know it's time for you to start pastoring. Listen to me, y'all. It's her job to birth. It's her job to give birth to stuff. 2020, I come home. I had been working on this job for 15 years, done a good job. I had just gotten another, I had just gotten another promotion probably about two months before. I got let go due to the whole COVID piece. I get home, and I'm home for a few weeks trying to figure out what I'm going to do. And then she comes to me, and she says, well, baby, how about you start your own business? She's birthing stuff. Do you Listen to me. I have to make sure that I understand and I see the woman behind all that she does for me and behind all that she does for the kids because it is her job to just give birth to stuff. Listen to me. If you could just free her mind for a few seconds, if you could free her heart for a few seconds and she could tell you what's on her mind, I guarantee you stuff will start getting birthed in your house because she's free of all this other stuff. It's her job to give birth to it. But she's so busy mothering you. 
You gonna be you gonna come home tonight on time, baby? Baby, don't forget your lunch. Here, grab your lunch. No, baby, I got your clothes. I'll pick your clothes up. And I'm not saying these are things that we need to split and break up and take care of. But what I'm saying is this. Is she too busy running behind you and the kids that she can't give birth to the stuff that God gave her? Because here's the thing. And I know I'm going long on this, babe. Here's the thing. It is the most beautiful thing to see a woman in her element. It's the most beautiful thing. But it is on me as the man to make sure that she is free of the weight of our relationship so she can give birth. Oh, I don't want to get too graphic, but all it is is my job to make sure I'm the, I'm, I'm the coach. Push, babe, push. Push, babe, push. I have to free her up so all she has to, all she has to think about is giving birth to the next thing. Here's a good one. She talked. This is my last point. <laughs> After my wife gave her illustration about these 27 moves that the queen can make, we all said amen. And it was good because she could, she could be in attack mode and she could do whatever she wanted to do. But if I'm a king, I understand that if my wife or my queen is out in the middle of the board by herself, she's under attack. I don't want my queen under attack. I'm better when she's on the board and she's free to move how she wants to move. So that means that I got to make the right moves. Oh, gosh, I'm talking to somebody. That means as a man that I got to make the right move so she, don't, so she don't have to feel like she has to force a move. I'm preaching right now. I have to make the right move so she feels like she don't have to force a move. I don't want to push you, sir. It is your job to lead us. So don't make me have to go out in the middle of the board on my own and feel all this pressure and be under attack because you won't move. No, sir, move. You're the king. And she out here dealing with all the stress and anxiety and depression and all this stuff because you sitting back and you won't move. No, sir, move. Mm. Come back, baby. You're going too fast, too far. Yeah, I'm going too fast, too far because you won't do nothing. Move. Mm. Get on your knees and pray about it. Say the words, sir. Do something, but move. That is not a, a layup, by the way. You just handed me that. And I'm That's sorry. Okay. That's I, okay. I, I apologize. Pastor Wanzel said a lot. But one thing he said that I want to make sure, he was targeting and talking directly to men, but I need the women to understand that. He was saying that um, do, once you take away the motherhood, once you take away the wife title, can you appreciate the woman? But I want to pose that question to the women. Do you recognize the woman? Because before God um, presented her to Adam and before Adam could acknowledge her beauty and her value, God created her and approved her perfect before he handed her off. Everything in creation, after God did it, he checked it off with his approval and it was good. And it was good. And it was good. So the fact that he presented her to Adam lets him know he went on to the next step. He had approved that it was good. But when you don't have the full understanding and appreciation of that truth, that God made a beautiful work when he made me. 
Mm -hmm. He made a, a complete work when he made me. Until that is your truth, like you know that is the truth, isn't it? Until that is the truth, and you you not just hear it, not just run past your ears, you can lose yourself in a lot of different demands that life puts on you. Because the first recognition needed to come from you. God approved it. Check. Now I have to live it. His job is to complement me, yeah. but it's not to complete me. And we will walk around in relationships That's feeling good, like the other half of me is in you and I need, I need, I need, I need, I need, I need, I need. But for me to have been presented, God made a complete work Golly. that I have to appreciate. Let me be clear. God made me a complete work and the things that he planted in me, the person he placed me to be, the design that he made for me, he will water it. He will protect it. He will cover it. He will help guide the growth of it. But it is not his job to complete the work. Mm. It complements what God put in him. But if I don't value the design that God made me, then I will go off the influence of all of the other women that I see. This is how we have all these alter egos. That we become every different thing that we see. Every trend that has gone on, now I want to become mm -hmm. that, and I'm becoming this, and I'm working on me in areas that I never even cared to invest in, but I saw it, and it looked good. There was a really good reel put together on that lifestyle, so I'm going to take on that lifestyle. You know what I mean? The problem with that mindset is that that thing I made is not a partner for this. Mm. So now I'm trying to bring her to be a partner. That's good. And that's not what God created. At some point, you have to learn to be the wife to your husband. He did not marry, what is it, at lip gloss fantastic. <laughs> that's not the wife for him. But that's if good. I let God water the things in me, if I grow into, if, I, if, my, if my desire is to grow into the woman that God designed me to be, then I'm already a perfect fit for him. So to all of my single ladies who are not married yet, let God do the work. Just stop looking for him. Stop looking for him altogether. Just stop looking for him. And just let God do the work so that he can present you to your king as a queen. Mm -hmm. Not a project. Not having to go and fix all of the different holes and all of the different gaps that I now feel like I'm using internet to fill and all of these different images to fill. Sit down and let him do the work. Plug in. Dig real deep. Water her. Find her. Give her good ground and good roots so that you can be presented to a king and be a help me to him. You want to get the second point? That's the last one. Let's go to Genesis 1, 27. It's like one chapter above, you know. It don't take that long to get to it. No, it doesn't. Y'all good? Okay. 27 says this, New King James Version. 
So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. Listen to me, y'all, 28. Then God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion. Final point for today, um, write this down as the word combination. <clears throat> Say that with me, combination. combination. God does something. Um, what I thought was interesting um, and very important for every king and queen uh, to understand and exercise in their relationship. Um, when you look through the creation narrative, there is no other place that God uses the word dominion until this moment right here in verse 28. He has... He has brought together bring my queen back. He has brought together go that way. <laughs> He's brought together Adam and Eve in verse twenty eight. And for the very first time he uses the word dominion. The text says that he blessed them and he told them, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion. And I wondered why God waited to use the word dominion in scripture because of the position that he gave man. He gave man all this authority and man by implication has dominion, but he never used the word dominion with, with man by himself. He never used the word dominion with, with, with the woman by herself. He brought the two together and he tells the two of them, have dominion. And I dove into that a little bit and what, what I found was very interesting is that the reason why God didn't use the word dominion prior to, to, to bringing the two of them together, because dominion was for the both of them. And you can't have dominion without power and authority. I believe somebody in the room don't believe me. Go ahead and put my definition up. And I found this on dictionary.com. <laughs> the power or the right of governing and controlling sovereign authority. Listen to me. There is this thing that I find in marriages where, where, where couples believe that one is better than the other and I could do it without him or her. If I go get this degree, it'll change our family. And if I go get this job, it'll change our family. No, he gave dominion to the king and the queen. Because in order to have dominion, in order to, in order to win, in order to subdue, in order to rule and reign and devour the way that God has designed us to, it takes power and authority. And what I want you to understand today, and, and the way that I look at my girl, is that, listen to this, she's always the Bonnie to my Clyde. 
She is always the sweet to my salty. She is always the sun to my moon. What you want to be, peanut butter or jelly? Definitely jelly. Jelly. She is always the jelly to my peanut butter. Listen to me. I can't win without her, and she can't succeed without me. That is the way that God developed the marriage relationship. I don't win apart from her, and she doesn't win apart from me. And we have to understand that if we're going to have the blessing on our relationship the way that God designed it to, it is going to take the two of us, and it's going to be this combination that's going to win it every single time. I can't do it without her, and I don't want to do it without her. And I pray to God that she don't want to do it without me. He has blessed us together. Shout them. He blessed them. But so many relationships and marriages fall apart because there is one of us in the relationship that feels we're here because of me. Oh, we have this address because of me. We got that bonus because of me. We drive this car because of me. There's the peace in my home because of me. If I weren't praying, we wouldn't have anything. No, he put the blessing on the two of them. He put dominion for the two of them because I can't have dominion without what? And she is always going to be the body to my Clyde. She is always going to be the sun to my moon. She is always going to be the thing that I need to make sure that I can pull this thing off and check this out. The Underwoods win and will continue to win because we understand I can't do it without her and she can't do it without me. I want to make sure I go back in touch because you said... Um, you, a person feeling like we're here because of me or we have this because of me. But let me speak to the person who's on the other end of that. Mm. Because sometimes it makes you feel very small with inside yourself. You feel like that person is the dominant person. Like I don't bring anything to the table. I don't bring. Mm. Use this moment to silence the enemy because we have dominion. So if you're the person that's like, you know, I'm a stay-at-home mom. I don't bring the income home. He's the one. He's the breadwinner. Or, um, you know, he's the one that's doing all of the things with the kids, and I don't really have a part there. Or she is off doing her thing. Whatever the case, do not allow the enemy to discredit your part in this pair. Because the blessing does not rest on him. Mm -hmm. The blessing does not rest just on me. It is the combination of the two of us. It is the fact that God brought us together. That makes it. And I, ha- I had to make sure that I said that out loud because I know that that's a thing that the enemy likes to whisper. And it will make you have an issue low-key in your heart with your partner. That because some, the script that the enemy will play in my head that, you know, I'm not, I'm not bringing what he's bringing. I'm not doing what he's doing. And the, I will silence myself mm. if I let the enemy do that. So let this be the truth that you come back to. That let it ring into your, your spirit, let it ring in your ears so that when the enemy offers you that suggestion, you know that it takes two, dominion and power. And as long as I'm functioning in power, or as long as you're walking in authority, you're, you're good. But when you withdraw from one or the other, you mess the combination up. So for those who are, I know my good friends know that, I'll be honest, I have a Starbucks problem. It's okay. It's okay. I'm admitting it. I have a Starbucks problem, but don't pray for me because I don't want to be delivered yet. I want to, I want (laughs) to, this is a problem that I want to have. I don't want to be free yet. Um, But there is this drink at Starbucks that I have to have, and I'm going to be honest because we're friends and we're family and this is a safe place. I have to have it every day 
I have to have it every day. And sometimes when I tell myself she that I don't have though. to have For it, real. I'll go, I'll get comfortable and I'll go back and put my shoes on, get dressed again to drive out to a Starbucks because I have, I, I have to have it. It's a thing. However, we have noticed, because he does too, why you just let me confess on myself? You got the, you have the, we both have this problem. You my, you my Bonnie, I'm your Clyde, so yes, we do it no, together. No, it's okay. okay. Maybe not as bad as me, but we both have to have it. Okay, so what we have learned, though, is that not every Starbucks gets this thing right. Now, it has the same ingredients Come on. everywhere. The recipe is the same everywhere. And when I say everywhere, we went as far as, where did we go? Kansas City. Kansas City. Indianapolis. That's where we were. I was going wherever you said. Indianapolis. <laughs> Indianapolis behind this drink. And all Starbucks have the same ingredients and the same recipe. But there is a way that these ingredients have to be blended for it to hit right. It's good. And I watched the barista at one place pump in the vanilla and then pump in the requested Teach white him, chocolate. Because I know the rest of them tell you, go too mm. much. But this one was different because when he put that cold brew thing down, he swirled it <laughs> as it poured. That's, that took a little bit of the bite out of, you know I go too much. It took a little bit of bite out of the cold brew because of the way he kind of swirled it as it was being made. Perfect cup. Went to another Starbucks, and this barista, same ingredients, pump the vanilla, pump the white chocolate, turn the thing. And went on, she missed the swirl. She missed the, the combination. And it just didn't set the same. Marriage is made of the same thing. Husband, wife, God, communication, trust, all the same ingredients. But if you don't take the time to combine that thing right, to blend it right, just don't quite hit it. It, ju it just doesn't quite do it. Would you stand to your feet? We want to make sure that we have the perfect blend. Yes. And we understand that sometimes it's going to take, I need to pull back on this, I need to move forward on this, but whatever it is, let God be the regulator of those things. Because one thing, when he used the example of um, me presenting these different ideas and suggestions. That wasn't my idea. It wasn't like I looked at him and said, you should be a pastor or you should start a business. Those ideas were ideas that God gave me. Those were God's heart first. So by the time I went to go and speak what God had already given me, it was only confirmation to what God had given him. Mm -hmm. Because we're connected. God is not going to send me way left unless he already told him we're going left. You have to be a pair that is led by God, his authority. I can follow his lead because he's led by God. He can trust my power because I'm staying connected to God. I don't want you to take this and then get like a, on your market set, go. We're getting ready to go do the work. No, get to the feet of Jesus. Yeah. That's the key. That's the whole point. He is the recipe and he will tell you the exact blend. Amen. So you made a, a point about getting to the feet of Jesus. And I can tell y'all, this is, and y'all going to have to tell me when this took place, but it was the first women's conference you guys did. When was that? 2009? 2009. Um, <clears throat> I knew in that moment, because I saw the length that, lengths that she was willing to go to to position herself to be in a space to minister to women, 
I knew in that moment that I could trust her with me because I saw her go to God first. What I saw was that she's not willing to put her hand on anything of yours before she comes to you on the instruction on what to do with it. And I quickly interpreted that in my mind as if, if she's willing to do that, to position herself to minister to these women, then what would she do for me? So I got to the space where I trusted her more than I ever trusted her because I saw her trusting God. And I think that is the missing element in a lot of relationships. It's like, you want me to trust you. You want me to, you know, to, to, to pour into you. you. You want me to allow you to lead. And I'll say the word allow to lead because she will fight you for that leadership. That is just in scripture. Go read it. But, but you're not being led by God. You're not going to the feet of God. You're not going there to get to the instruction. And she says something so powerful. Everything that she brought to me, I felt it in my spirit, but I didn't have a confirmation for it. So it wasn't like I had never heard it because God was already pouring it on me, but he put it on her heart and it got birthed through her because she was a confirmation that I need. Every relationship, every marital relationship, it has to be me and God, her and God, we and God. Me and God, her and God, we and God. If it is not that, it's not going to work. It's, 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 it's going to be unevenly yoked. Just because you showed up today, sir, ma'am, with your spouse, does not mean that you're evenly yoked. That means you just came to church today because she forced you. (laughs) Oh, I'm talking spiritually, y'all. Spiritually. This blows people's mind when I say to them, we're going to close. Babe, I need you to pray. When God looks down at Adam and says it's not good for man to be alone, the first thought that comes in a person's mind is that mind that means that he needed a physical companion. That's the first thing that comes in their mind. But think about this. God is a spirit. The first thing God is going to address is your spirit. God looked down at Adam and said, this boy is spiritually alone. I got this is not a good thing because this boy is spiritually alone. There are many relationships and marriages that the spouse is spiritually alone. Yes, y'all slept in the same bed. Yes, y'all showed up at church today. But you are spiritually not yoked together, and it is a problem for your marriage. What I'm trying to get you to understand is that it has to be me in God, her in God, we in God. That is the way that this works. I'll give you my last testimony. Our relationship changed to what it's grown to be and what it's growing to be because I finally decided that I was going to be for real with God. He, Ronzel, me. Oh, I was going to church. I was helping and I was, I don't know, I was doing all sorts of things in church at the time. But it wasn't me and God. It was never me and God. I didn't have a personal relationship with him. And that is what is missing in many relationships, is a personal relationship with God. Check this out. I am glad that you came today. I'm glad that they forced you here. I'm glad that you felt the pressure to come here this morning. But if you don't develop the personal relationship with him, things will not change. And as a matter of fact, they'll get worse. 
So what I'm pressing you today on is about your relationship. Y'all, listen, y'all. He brought them together. He brought them together. He said, I'm going to bless y'all. I've blessed y'all. Go out and rule this thing. Go out and be a power couple. Go ahead and knock the ball out of the park. Go make something happen. Go open up businesses. Go, 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 go demand what you, what, you, what you believe is yours. Go do it. I'm putting it up, but I'm putting it on the two of y'all. Because both of them, listen to me, y'all, because both of them were standing before God. Now, let's just say Adam was at the crib watching football. They would have missed their dominion. They would have missed their blessing. Because it's me and God, it's her and God, it's we and God. Let's pray. Let me say, though, to those who are in the room or watching us online and you receive the message and you are not connected to a spouse who is connected to God. Don't for a second forget that you serve a faithful God. That there is no one too far for God to reach. Don't get discouraged. Don't get confused by what you see. Let God work through you. Continue to pray for them. Continue to pray for your unsaved wife. Continue to pray for your unsaved spouse. Continue to pray if, if whatever the distance is. You stay on your knees for them, yes. But you dig deep for you. Keep praying. I say that because oftentimes it will make you feel like you are functioning, you are at a deficit when you sit under a word like this. Your God loves you, and your God loves them. He will bring them in. It might not be by a work of yours, not because you pushed them, not because you pressed them, not because I tried to get them to come to church. And I'm going to tell you, you just focus on you and God and let God bring them in and make the connection. Thank you for streaming the latest message from Truth Movement Church. We pray that you found something in God's word that you can deposit into your heart for future use. To stay connected with our ministry, like us on Facebook or Instagram, or learn more about us by visiting www.truthmovementchurch.org.